You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. Entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. Walter Elias Disney, born December 5, 1901, died December 15, 1966, was an American entrepreneur, animator, voice actor, and film producer. A pioneer of the American animation industry, he introduced several developments in the production of cartoons. As a film producer, Disney holds the record for most Academy Awards earned by an individual, having won 22 Oscars from 59 nominations. He was presented with two Golden Globe Special Achievement Awards and an Emmy Award, among other honors. Several of his films are included in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. Born in Chicago in 1901, Disney developed an early interest in drawing. He took art classes as a boy and got a job as a commercial illustrator at the age of 18. He moved to California in the early 1920s and set up Disney Brothers Studios with his brother Roy. With Ub Iwerks, Walt developed the character Mickey Mouse in 1928, his first highly popular success. He also provided the voice for his creation in the early years. As the studio grew, Disney became more adventurous, introducing synchronized sound, full-color, three-strip technicolor, feature-length cartoons, and technical developments in cameras. The results, seen in features such as Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in 1937, Fantasia and Pinocchio, both in 1940, Dumbo, in 1941, and Bambi in 1942 furthered the development of animated film. 
new animated and live-action films followed after World War II, including the critically successful Cinderella in 1950 and Mary Poppins in 1964, the latter of which received five Academy Awards. In the 1950s, Disney expanded into the amusement park industry, and in 1955, he opened Disneyland. To fund the project, he diversified into television programs, such as Walt Disney's Disneyland and the Mickey Mouse Club. He was also involved in planning the 1959 Moscow Fair, the 1960 Winter Olympics, and the 1964 New York's World Fair. In 1965, he began development of another theme park, Disney World, the heart of which was to be a new type of city, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, also known as Epcot. Disney was a heavy smoker throughout his life and died of lung cancer in December of 1966, before either the park or the Epcot project were completed. Disney was a shy, self-deprecating and insecure man in private, it is said, but adopted a warm and outgoing public persona. He had high standards and high expectations of those with whom he worked. His reputation changed in the years after his death from a purveyor of homely patriotic values to a representative of American imperialism. He nevertheless remains an important figure in the history of animation and in the cultural history of the United States, where he is considered a natural, national cultural icon. His film work continues to sh be shown and adapted his studio maintains high standards in its production of popular entertainment, and the Disney amusement parks have grown in size and number to attract visitors in several countries. Walt Disney was born on December 5, 1901, at 1249 Tripp Avenue in Chicago's Hermosa neighborhood. He was the fourth son of Elias Disney, born in the province of Canada to Irish parents. And Flora, her maiden name was Call, an American of German and English descent. Aside from, the Disney, aside from Disney, Elias and Call's sons were Hubert, Raymond, and Roy. The couple had a fifth child, Ruth, in December 1903. In 1906, when Disney was four, the family moved to a farm in Marceline, Missouri, where his uncle, Robert, had just purchased land. In Marceline, Disney developed his interest in drawing when he was paid to draw the horse of a retired neighbor's doctor. Elias was a subscriber to the Appeal of Reason newspaper and Disney practiced drawing by copying the front-page cartoons of Ryan Walker. Disney also began to develop an ability to work with watercolors and crayons. He lived near the Actisson, Topeka, and Santa Fe railway line and became enamored with trains. 
He and his younger sister Ruth started school at the same time at the Park School in Marcelin in the late 1909. In 1911, the Disneys moved to Kansas City, Missouri. There, Disney attended the Benton Grammar School, where he met fellow student Walter Pfeiffer, who came from a family of theater fans and introduced Disney to the world of vaudeville and motion pictures. Before long, he was spending more time at the Pfeiffer's house than at home. Elias had purchased a newspaper delivery route for the Kansas City Star and the Kansas City Times. Disney and his brother Roy woke up at 4.30 every morning to deliver the Times before school and repeated the rounds for the Evening Star after school. The schedule was exhausting and Disney often received poor grades after falling asleep in class, but he continued his paper route for more than six years. He attended Saturday courses at the Kansas City Art Institute and also took a correspondence course in cartooning. In 1917, Elias bought, bought stock in a Chicago jelly producer, the Ozell Company, and moved back to the city with his family. Disney enrolled at McKinley High School and became the cartoonist of the school newspaper drawing patriotic pictures about World War I. He also took night courses at the Chicago Academy of Fine Arts. In the mid-1918, Disney attempted to join the United States Army to fight against the Germans, but he was rejected for being too young. After forging the date of his birth on his birth certificate, he joined the Red Cross in September 1918 as an ambulance driver. He was shipped to France, but arrived in November after the armistice. He drew cartoons on the side of his ambulance for decoration and had some of his work published in the army newspaper, Stars and Stripes. Disney returned to Kansas City in October 1919, where he worked as an apprentice artist at the Pensman Rubin Commercial Art Studio. There, he drew commercial illustrations for advertising, theater programs, and catalogs. He also befriended fellow artist Uber Ur Iwerks. In January 1920, as Pesman's Rubens revenue declined after Christmas, Disney and Iwerks were laid off. They started their own business, the short-lived Iwerks Disney Commercial Artists. Failing to attract many customers, Disney and Iwerks agreed that Disney should leave temporarily to earn money at the Kansas City film ad company run by A.V. Cogger. The following month, Iwerks, who was not able to run the business alone, also joined Disney. The company produced commercials using the cutout animation technique. Disney became interested in animation although he preferred to draw cartoons such as Mutt and Jeff and Coco the Clown. With the assistance of borrowed book on animation and a camera, he began experimenting at home. He came to the conclusion that cell animation was more promising than the cutout method. Unable to persuade his boss Cogger to try cell animation at the company, 
Disney opened a new business with co-worker from the film ad company, Fred Harmon. Their main client was the local Newman Theater, and the short cartoons they produced were sold as Newman's Laughograms. Disney studied Paul Terry's Aesop's Fables as a model, and the first six Laughograms were modernized fairy tales. In May 1921, the success of Laughograms led to the establishment of Laughograms Studio, for which he hired more animators, including Fred Harmon's brother Hugh, Rudolf Ising, and Iwerks. The Laughogram cartoons did not provide enough income to keep the company solvent, so Disney started production of Alice's Wonderland, based on Alice's adventures in Wonderland, which combined live action with animation. He cast Virginia Davis as the title role. The result, a 12 and a half minute one reel film was completed too late to save Laughogram Studios, which went into bankruptcy in 1923. Disney then moved to Hollywood in July 1923. Although New York was the center of the cartoon industry, he was attracted to Los Angeles because his brother Roy was convalescing from tuberculosis there. Disney's efforts to sell Alice Wonderland, Alice's Wonderland were in vain until he heard from New York film distributor Margaret Dre, Margaret J. Winkle, Winkler. She was losing the rights to both the Out of the Inkwell and Felix the Cat cartoons and needed a new series. In October, they signed a contract for six Alice comedies with an option for two further series of six episodes each. Disney and his brother Roy formed the Disney Brothers Studios, which later became the Walt Disney Company, to produce the films. They, they persuaded Davis and her family to relocate to Hollywood to continue production, with Davis on contract at $100 a month. In July 1924, Disney also hired Iwerks, persuading him to relocate to Hollywood from Kansas City. Early in 1925, Disney hired an ink artist, Lillian Bounds, they married in July of that year. The marriage was generally happy, according to Lillian, although according to Disney biographer Neil Gabler, she did not accept Walt's decision meekly or his status unquestionably, and she admitted that she was always telling people how henpecked he is. Lillian had little interest in films or the Hollywood social scene, and she was, in the words of some historians, content with household management and providing support for her husband. Their marriage produced two daughters, Diane, born December 1933, and Sharon, adopted in December 1936, born six weeks previously. Within the family, neither Disney nor his wife hid the fact that Sharon had been adopted although they became annoyed if people outside the family raised the point. The Disneys were careful to keep their daughters out of the public eye as much as possible, particularly in the light of the Lindbergh kidnapping. Disney took steps to ensure his daughters were not photographed by the press. 
By 1926, Winkler's role in the distribution of Alice series had been handed over to her husband, the film producer, Charles Mintz. Although the relationship between him and Disney were somewhat strained, the series ran until July 1927, by which time Disney had begun to tire of it and wanted to move away from the mixed format to all cell animation. After Mintz requested new material to distribute through Universal Pictures, Disney and iWorks created Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, a character Disney wanted to be peppy, alert, saucy, and venturesome, keeping him also neat and trim. In February 1928, Disney hoped to negotiate a larger fee for producing the Oswald series but found Mintz wanting to reduce the payments. Mintz has also persuaded many of the artists involved to work directly for him, including Harmon, Ising, Carmen Maxwell, and Fritz Freeling. Disney also found out that Universal owned the intellectual property rights to Oswald. Mintz threatened to start his own studio and produce the series himself, if Disney refused to accept the reductions. Disney declined in Mint's ultimatum and lost most of his animation staff, except for iWorks, who chose to remain with him. To replace Oswald, Disney and iWorks developed Mickey Mouse, possibly inspired by a pet mouse that Disney had adopted while working in his Laughogram studio although the origins of the character are still unclear. Disney's original choice of name was Mortimer Mouse, but Lillian thought that was too pompous and suggested Mickey instead. iWorks revised Disney's provincial sketches to make the character easier to animate, and Disney provided Mickey's voice until 1947. In the words of one Disney employee, Bob designed Mickey's physical appearance, but Walt gave him his soul. Mickey Mouse first appeared in May 1928 as a single test screening of the short Plain Crazy, but it and the second feature, The Gallop and Gacho, failed to find a distributor. Following the 1927 sensation The Jazz Singer, Disney used synchronized sound on the third short, Steamboat Willie, to create the first sound cartoon. After the animation was complete, Disney signed a contract with the former executive at Universal Pictures, Pat Powers, to use the Powers Cinephone recording system. Cinephone became the new distributor for Disney's early sound cartoons which soon became very popular. To improve the quality of the music, Disney hired the professional composer and arranger Carl Stalling, on whose suggestion the Silly Symphony series was developed, providing stories through the use of music, the first in the series, The Skeleton Dance in 1929, was drawn and animated entirely by iWorks. 
Also hired at the time were several local artists, some of whom stayed with the company as core animators. The group later became known as the Nine Old Men. Both the Mickey Mouse and Silly Symphony series were successful, but Disney and his brother felt that they were not receiving their rightful share of the profits from Powers. In 1930, Disney tried to trim costs from the process by urging iWorks to abandon the practice of animating every separate cell in favor of the more efficient technique of drawing key poses and letting lower paid assistants sketch the in-between poses. Disney asked Powers for an increase in payment for the cartoons. Powers refused and signed iWorks to work for him. Stalling resigned shortly afterwards, thinking that without iWorks, the Disney studios would close. Disney had a nervous breakdown in October of 1931, which he blamed on the machinations of Powers and his own overwork. So he and Lillian took an extended holiday to Cuba and a cruise to Panama to recover. With the loss of Powers as distributor, Disney Studios signed a contract with Columbia Pictures to distribute the Mickey Mouse cartoons, which became increasingly popular, including internationally. Disney, always keen to embrace the new technology, filmed Flowers and Trees in 1932 in full-color three-strip Technicolor. He was also able to negotiate a deal giving him the sole right to use the three-strip process until August, 19, August 31st, 1935. All subsequent Silly Symphony cartoons were in color. Flowers and Trees was popular for audiences and won the Academy Award for the Best Short Subject Cartoon at the 1932 ceremony. Disney had been nominated for another film in that category, Mickey's Orphans, and received an honorary award for the creation of Mickey Mouse. In 1933, Disney produced The Three Little Pigs, a film described by the media historians as the most successful short animation of all time. The film won Disney another Academy Award in the subject cartoon category. The film's success led to further increases in the studio staff, which numbered nearly 200 by the end of the year. Disney realized the importance of telling emotional gripping stories that would interest the audience. And he invested in a story department separate from the animators with storyboard artists that would detail the plots of Disney films. Now we come to the golden age of animation. By 1934, Disney had become dissatisfied with producing formulaic cartoon shorts and began a four-year production of a feature-length cartoon, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, based on the fairy tale. When news leaked out about the project, many in the film industry predicted it would bankrupt the company. Industry insiders nicknamed it Disney's Folly. The film, which was the first animated feature made in full color, 
and sound cost $1.5 million to produce, which was three times over budget. To ensure the animation was as realistic as possible, Disney sent his animators on courses at the Cunard Art Institute. He brought animals into the studio and hired actors so that the animators could study realistic movement. To portray the changing perspective of the background as the camera moved through a scene, Disney's animators developed a multi-plane camera, which allowed drawings on a piece of glass to be set at various distances from the camera, creating an illusion of depth. The glass could be moved to create the impression of the camera passing through a scene. The first work created on this camera the silly, sim the silly Symphony called The Old Mill in 1937 won the Academy Award for Animated Short Film because of its impressive visual power. Although Snow White had been largely finished by the time the multiplane camera had been completed, Disney ordered some scenes be redrawn to use the new effects. Snow White premiered in December 1937 to high praises from critics and audiences. The film became the most successful motion picture of 1938, and by May 1939, its total gross of 6.5 million made it the most successful sound film to that date. Disney won another Honorary Academy Award, which consisted of one full-size and seven miniature Oscar statuettes. The success of Snow White heralded one of the most productive eras for the studio. The Walt Disney Family Museum calls the following years the golden age of animation. With work on Snow White finished, the studio began producing Pinocchio in early 1938 and Fantasia in November of the same year. Both films were released in 1940, and neither performed well at the box office, partly because revenues from Europe had dropped following the start of World War II in 1939. The studio made a loss on both pictures and was deeply in debt by the end of February 1941. In response to the financial crisis, Disney and his brother Roy started the first company's first public stock offering in 1940 and implemented heavy salary cuts. The latter measure, and Disney's sometime high-handed and insensitive manner of dealing with the staff, led to the 1941 animator strike, which lasted five weeks. While a federal mediator from the National Labor Relations Board negotiated with the two sides, Disney accepted an offer from the Office of the Coordinator of Inter-American Affairs to make a goodwill trip to South America, ensuring that he was absent during a resolution he knew would be unfavorable to the studio. As a result of the strike and the financial state of the company, several animators left the studio, and Disney's relationship with other members of staff was permanently strained as a result. The strike temporarily interrupted the studio's next production, Dumbo, in 1941, which Disney produced in a simple and inexpensive manner. The film received positive reactions from audience and critics alike. 
shortly after the release of Dumbo in October 1941, the U.S. entered World War II. Disney formed the Walt Disney Training Film Unit. Within the company produced instruction films for the military such as four methods of flush riveting and aircraft production methods. Disney also met with Harry Morgenthau Jr., the Secretary of the Treasury, and agreed to produce short Donald Duck cartoons to promote, promote war bonds. Disney also produced several propaganda productions, including shorts as, such as De Fuhrer's Face, which won an Academy Award, and the 1943 feature film Victory Through Air Power. The military films generated only enough revenue to cover costs, and the feature film Bambi, which had been in production since 1937, underperformed on its release in April 1942 and lost $200,000 at the box office. On top of the low earnings from Pinocchio and Fantasia, the company had debts of $4 million with Bank of America in 1944. At a meeting with Bank of America executives to discuss the future of the company, the bank's chairman and founder, Amadio Giannini, told his executives, I've been watching the Disney pictures quite closely because I knew they were lending them money far above the financial risk. They're good this year, they're good next year, and they're good the year after. You have to relax and give them time to market their product. Disney production of short films decreased in the late 1940s, coinciding with increasing competition in the animation market from Warner Brothers and Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Roy Disney, for financial reasons, suggested more combined animation and live-action productions. In 1948, Disney initiated a series of popular live-action nature films titled True Life Adventures with Seal Island the first. The film won the Academy Award in the Best Short Subject, Two-Reel category. Disney grew more politically conservative as he got older. A Democratic Party supporter until the 1940 presidential election, when he switched allegiance to the Republicans, he became a generous donor to Thomas E. Dewey's 1944 bid for the presidency. In 1946, he was a founding member of the Motion Picture Alliance for the Preservation of American Ideals an organization who stated they believed in and liked the American way of life, we find ourselves in sharp revolt against the rising tide of communism, fascism, and a kindred beliefs that seek by subversive means to undermine and change our way of life. In 1947, during the second Red Scare, Disney testified before the House Un-American Activities Committee where he branded Herbert Sorrell, David Hilberman, and William Prominence, former animators and labor union organizers, as communist agitators. Disney stated that the 1941 strike led by them was part of an organized communist effort to gain influence in Hollywood. 
1949, Disney and his family moved to a new home in Hombly Hills District of Los Angeles. With the help of his friends, Ward and Betty Kimball, who already owned their own backyard railroad, Disney developed blueprints and immediately set to work to create a miniature live steam railroad for his backyard. The name of the railroad, Carrollwood Pacific Railroad, came from his home's location on Carrollwood Drive. The miniature working stream steam locomotive was built by Disney studio engineer Roger E. Brogy, and the Disneys named it Lilybell after his wife. After three years, Disney ordered it into storage due to a series of accidents involving his guests. In the early 1950s, Disney produced Cinderella, his studio's first animated feature in eight years. It was popular with the critics and theater audiences. Costing $2.2 million to produce, it earned nearly $8 million its first year. Disney was less involved than he had been with previous pictures because of his involvement in his first entirely live-action feature, Treasure Island, in 1950 which was shot in Britain, and was the as was the story of Robin Hood and his Merry Men in 1952. All other live-action features followed, many of which had patriotic themes. He continued to produce full-length animated features too, including Alice in Wonderland in 1951, and Peter Pan in 1953. From the early to mid-1950s, Disney began to devote less attention to the animation department, entrusting most of its operations to his key animators, the Nine Old Men, although he was always present at story meetings. Instead, he started concentrating on other ventures. For several years, Disney had been considering building a theme park when he visited Griffith Park in Los Angeles with his daughters. He wanted to be in a clean, unspoiled park where both children and their parents could have fun. He visited the Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen, Denmark, and was heavily influenced by the cleanliness of the layout of the park. In March 1952, he received zoning permission to build a theme park in Burbank near Disney Studios. This site provided, provided, proved too small, and a larger plot in Anaheim, 35 miles south of the studio, was purchased. To distance the project from the studio, which might attract the criticism of shareholders, Disney formed WED Enterprises, which is now known as Walt Disney Imagineering, and used its own money to fund a group of designers and animators to work on the plans. Those involved became known as Imagineers. After obtaining bank funding, he invited other stockholders, American Broadcasting Paramount Theaters, part of American Broadcasting Company, and Western Printing and Lithograph Company. In mid-1954, Disney sent his Imagineers to every amusement park in the U.S. to analyze what worked and what pitfalls or problems there were in the various locations and incorporated their findings into his design. Construction work started in July 1954 and Disneyland opened in July 1955, 
The opening ceremony was broadcast on ABC, which reached 70 million viewers. The park was designed as a series of themed lands linked by the central Main Street USA, a replica of the Main Street of his hometown of Marceline. The connected theme areas were Adventure Land, Frontier Land, Fantasy Land, and Tomorrowland. The park also contained a narrow gauge Disneyland Railroad that linked the lands around the outside of the park and which was also next to a high berm to separate the park from the outside world. An editorial in the New York Times considered that Disney had tastefully combined some of the pleasant things of yesterday with fantasy and dreams of tomorrow. Although there were early minor problems with the park, it was a success. And after a month's operation, Disneyland was receiving over 20,000 visitors a day. By the end of its first year, it attracted 3.6 million guests. The money from ABC was contingent on Disney television programs. The studio had been involved in a successful television special on Christmas Day in 1950 about the making of Alice in Wonderland. Roy believed the program added millions to the box office takings. In March 1951, letter to shareholders, he wrote that television can be a most powerful selling aid for us as well as a source of revenue. It will probably be on this premise that we enter television when we do. In 1954, after the Disneyland funding had been agreed, ABC broadcast Walt Disney's Disneyland, an anthology consisting of animated cartoons, live action features, and other material from the studio library. The show was successful in terms of ratings and profits, earning the audience share of over 50%. In April 1955, Newsweek called the series an American institution. ABC was pleased with the ratings, leading to Disney's first daily television program, The Mickey Mouse Club, a variety show catering specifically to children. The program was accompanied by merchandising through various companies. Western Printing, for example, had been producing coloring books and comics for over 20 years and produced several items connected to the show. One of the segments of Disneyland's consisted of the five-part miniseries, Davy Crockett, which became an overnight sensation. The show's theme song, theme song The Ballad of Davy Crockett, became internationally popular and 10 million records were sold. As a result, Disney formed his own record production and distribution entity, Disneyland Records. As well as the construction of Disneyland, Disney worked on other projects away from the studio. He was a consultant to the 1959 American National Ex Ex Exhibition in Moscow. Disney Studios' contribution was America the Beautiful, a 19-minute film in a 360-degree Cinerama theater that was one of the most popular attractions. The following year, he acted as the chairman of the pageantry committee for the 1960 Winter Olympics at Squaw Valley, California, 
where he designed the opening and closing medal, so medal ceremonies. Despite the demands wrought by non-studio projects, Disney continued to work on film and television projects. In 1955, he was involved in Man in Space, an episode of the Disneyland series, which was made in collaboration with NASA rocket designer Werner von Braun. Disney also oversaw aspects of the full-length feature Lady and the Tramp, the first animated film in Cinemascope in 1955. Sleeping Beauty, the first animated film in Technorama, 70mm film, in 1959. 101 Dalmatians, the first feature to use Xerox cells, in 1961. And The Sword in the Stone, in 1963. In 1964, Disney produced Mary Poppins, based on the book series, by T.P.L. Travers. He had been trying to acquire the rights to the story since the 1940s. It became the most successful Disney film of the 60s, although Travers disliked the film intensely and regretted having sold the rights. The same year, he also became involved in plans to expand the California Institute of Arts, known as CalArts, and had an architect draw blueprints for a new building. Disney provided four exhibits for the 1964 New York's World Fair, for which he obtained funding from selected corporate sponsors. For PepsiCo, who planned a tribute to UNICEF, Disney developed It's a Small World, a boat ride with audio-anatronic dolls depicting children of the world. Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln contained animatronic Abraham Lincoln giving excerpts from his speeches. Carousel of Progress promoted the importance of electricity, and Ford's Magic Skyway portrayed the progress of mankind. Elements of all four exhibits, principally concepts and technology, were reinstalled in Disneyland, although It's a Small World is the ride that most closely resembles the original. During the early to mid-1960s, Disney developed plans for a ski resort in Mineral King, a glacial valley in California's Sierra Nevada. He had hired experts such as the renowned Olympic ski coach and ski area designer, Willie Schaffler. With income from Disneyland accounting for an increasing proportion of the studio's income, Disney continued to look for venues and other attractions. In late 1965, he announced plans to develop another theme park to be called Disney World, now known as Walt Disney World, a few miles southwest of Orlando, Florida. Disney World was to include the Magic Kingdom, a larger and more elaborate version of Disneyland, plus golf courses and resort hotels. The heart of Disney World was to be the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, which he described as an experimental prototype community of tomorrow that will take its cue from the new ideas and new technologies that are now emerging from the creative centers of American industry. It will be a community of tomorrow that will never be completed, but will always be introducing and testing and demonstrating new materials and systems. And Epcot will always be a showcase to the world for ingenuity and imagination 
of American free enterprise. During 1966, Disney cultivated businesses willing to sponsor Epcot. He increased his involvement in the studio's films and was heavily involved in the story development of The Jungle Book, the live-action musical feature The Happiest Millionaire, both in 1967, and the animated story Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. Disney had been a heavy smoker since World War I. He did not use cigarettes with filters and had smoked a pipe as a young man. In November 1966, he was diagnosed with lung cancer and treated with cobalt therapy. On November 30th, he felt unwell and was taken to St. Joseph's Hospital in Burbank, California, where on December 15th, 10 days after his 65th birthday, he died of circulatory collapse caused by lung cancer. Disney's remains were cremated two days later and his ashes interned at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. His estate included a 14% holding in Walt Disney Productions worth 20 million. He left 45% of his estate to his wife and children, much in a family trust, and 10% to his sister, nieces, and nephews. The remaining 45% went into a charitable trust, 95% of which was designated for Cal Arts to build a new campus, a figure of around 15 million. He also donated 38 acres of the Golden Oaks Ranch in Valencia for construction at that school. The university moved there in November 1971. The release of The Jungle Book in The Happiest Millionaire in 1967 raised the total number of feature films that Disney had involved in to 81. When Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day was released in 1968, it earned Disney an Academy Award in the short subject cartoon category, awarded posthumously. After Disney's death, the studio continued to produce live action films prolifically, but largely abandoned animation until the late 1980s, after which there was what the New York Times described as a Disney Renaissance that began with the Little Mermaid in 1989. Disney companies continue to produce successful films, television, and stage entertainment. Disney's plans for the futuristic city of Epcot did not come to fruition. After Disney's death, his brother Roy deferred his retirement to take full control of the Disney's companies. He changed the focus of the project from a town to an attraction. At the inauguration in 1971, Roy dedicated Walt Disney World to his brother. Walt Disney World expanded with an opening of Epcot Center in 1982. Walt Disney's vision of a functional city was replaced by a park more akin to a permanent World's Fair. In 2009, Walt, the Walt Disney Family Museum, designed by Walt's Disney, Walt Disney's daughter Diane and her son Walter E.D. Miller, opened up in the Presidio in San Francisco. 
thousands of artifacts from Disney life and career on display, including numerous awards that he received. In 2004, or excuse me, 2014, the Disney theme parks around the world hosted approximately 134 million guests. journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.